Hello and welcome to Arrest All Mimics. My name is Ben Tallon. This is the Creative Innovation Podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. Much appreciated, like every episode. I hope you're well. I hope you've been creating some sexy stuff and you're feeling good today. Uh, the weather this week is 61 hugs because we've got CK Golden coming up. Content creator, he refers to himself as, and we're going to discuss that amongst many other things. And CK is due to launch his wonderful film, 61 Hugs, The Rehabilitation of an Overthinker. And that's our theme for today, overthinking. You all do it, I do it. It's a big problem for our introspective brains, people who tend to be good at this stuff, designing, creating, coming up with ideas, often fall on the other side of it and the darker side of procrastination, worrying, overthinking, all that stuff, those wormholes, you know about it lost down there in the dark we've all been there we're all there pretty often and i think it's a relevant topic so we're going to get under the skin of that with ck golden we're going to talk about his film why how uh where you can catch it it's a wonderful wonderful project i was lucky enough to see a preview screening when we were in discussions to do the podcast when ck got in touch because the man is a bundle of energy and he's a joy to spend time with lovely lovely man uh full of fascinating ideas and he acts on his projects and a self-confessed overthinker. Uh, I love that subtitle, The Rehabilitation of an Overthinker, and, and straight away it grabbed me when CK got in touch. So I said, well, let's not overcomplicate this. Let's talk about overthinking because I'm going to take a wild guess, but I think everyone's pretty good at it in this industry. So let's tackle it. Let's talk about it. So it's an interesting discussion. Um, this show is supported by the wonderful sponsors of mine, illustrationweb.com, representing a hell of a lot different artists from all different walks, from lettering, from fashion, large-scale mural. They've got all different kinds of wonderful material on there. Um, Gift makers going on, all sorts. It's great. Go and have a look, illustrationweb.com. They help me get the show off the ground. They're awesome supporters of the creative industry, and they're great people, so go and check them out. Have a look at their roster of artists. Go and have a look at the news section if you want more information on the projects and the clients they're working with, and it's really exciting stuff, so go and check them out. Thanks for their support. Heartinternet.co.uk. We talk digital. We talk SEO. Their brand, that's what they do. Hosting, domain names, SEO support, uh, social media advice, all the good stuff. Go back and listen to the episode with Nick Leach, the marketing director, way back when. I think it was episode 44. Nick gets into all the you know the social stuff, the advent of the internet, what, what resonates with people, what doesn't and why. And it's really valuable stuff for us guys who have to promote our creative work on the internet these days. So go and check that out and thanks to heartinternet.co.uk. I think there's a lot of themes, uh, you know, relating back to the digital tip that these guys usually provide the show with. Uh, CK is wonderful for it. He he puts a lot of work on his YouTube channel, his own series, his own out there projects, as he'll tell us about today. But just go and have a look at the way that he throws his heart and soul into this. How his projects are inherently him. They're very personal. They're very passionate. He commits to them, gets out there and does them and that's what resonated with me, that's what made me want to have him on this show as a guest because I wanted to find out about the man beneath the project and he's very good at letting us into his world so go and have a look at the way he does things and that's the tip courtesy of heartinternet.co.uk. The Association of Illustrators, also ongoing wonderful supporters of the show, they're really great guys for any illustrators out there coming involved with contractual issues, um, pricing queries, 
all the stuff that we don't really want to think about but we have to tackle on a regular basis they're great guys they're doing it wonderfully they've taken leaps and bounds moving forward recently growing as a as a, as a company i think over two thousand members as we speak and it's well worth membership i must say so i'm a member myself through my agency as previously mentioned illustrationweb.com uh, and it's really worthwhile because it's invaluable support uh, for things that we need as independents. It can be difficult navigating the business side of things, and that's what they're there to help with. Uh, amongst all the events and things that they're doing these days, they're getting outside of London much more, even though that's their home. And they're doing things in Sheffield and Leeds and you know, hopefully Manchester soon. We've been chatting about that. Uh, and it's exciting stuff, so go and have a look, theaoi.com. Uh, and that's enough for the sponsors. Thanks for all of your support, keeping the show free for everybody. Uh, do spread the word, please, if you're into what we're doing here at Arrestor Mimics. It's a real labour of love for me. I do it around my full-time roles as an illustrator and a writer. And I adore it, to be honest. It's a great excuse to talk to wonderful people like CK Golden on today's episode, like... Simon Dixon from Dixon Baxi, I'm staring at a little note he sent me with their monogram <laughs> on the wall. Um, who else we have? Misled, Sarah Beatson, Sandra Diekman, Malika Favre, uh, Rob Clark, it's all going on. We've had so many good guests. Go back and have a look at the archive, please. Uh, Soundcloud.com forward slash rest or mimics, iTunes, Stitcher Podcasts, wherever you get your stuff. I think we're on Podbay also, whatever your preference is. But please do go and spread the word. I'm going to be getting down to a bit of a marketing campaign this afternoon for the show. I've never really done it, got behind the show in a big way, but it's about time I started trying to get more listeners and get word out there to unis, colleges, anybody in the arts. So please help me. If you like what we're doing, please share it. Drop us a little review on iTunes. Also, what have you been up to? Let us know. I always ask for updates on your work. Some of you share, some of you don't. It's great to hear what's going on. Uh, oftentimes, I'll see... You know things that people have tagged me in, and it'll end up resulting in a show or, or, or a topic on a show. So it's important. I need the contribution from you guys. So please keep that coming. And thanks to everybody that has. Uh, so CK Golden, this guy got in touch, and he told me about Sixty One Hugs, the rehabilitation of an overthinker film that's coming out soon. And it's awesome. So CK set off from his house in Sheffield and on the walk to the city centre, he was challenged to hug 61 strangers. So why would anyone do that? He asks the question himself, you know, does anyone want to be hugged by a stranger? It's a really great topic and it's a very simple interface and it's coming out soon and I really do implore you to go and watch the movie because it's heartwarming and wonderful actually. It's a really warm movie and it shows a great side of humanity. Uh, CK is going to tell us all about it, why he does this stuff, how he's going about doing it, and you know we're going to get right under the skin of overthinking. So get your contributions over on social media, please at Arrest All Mimics. Uh, do that. Always wonderful to hear from you. We love the discussion. I love the feedback we get on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Keep it coming and keep listening. Let us know why you listen, please. Tell your mates. So without further ado, thanks again to the sponsors, illustrationweb.com, heartinternet.co.uk, theaoi.com. Here is C.K. Golden talking about his wonderful movie, 61 Hugs and Overthinking. Enjoy. And I've definitely got that gene that, I call it shiny thing syndrome. It's really like, I don't know, because I, I started off as a presenter, I worked in radio. And then there's, there's no correlation between that and photography, but that, that ended up being the thing I got known for the most. Um, but what you said earlier on, I want to put that on a plaque. Like, creativity is critical to us as human beings. Like, I would have put that on a plaque because I, I just like, my, my, I just want to so agree. Well, like, for me, one hundred percent. Like, if you, if I couldn't express certain areas of creativity, I just, 
I'd be like, what's the point in this thing I'm doing called life? <laughs> well, that, that's the way I see it, and that's the way I was kind of raised to a degree. My mum was very creative, and my dad wasn't in a much quieter way. And they, and they never pushed. That's the, that's the lovely thing. It was always, do what makes you happy, and, and we'll support you in that. That's, that was it. And I think that I know I'm in a minority of, of having that, you know, because I know a lot of people don't. And I understand why, because it's scary. Like we said, it's creative, it's not tangible. It doesn't stay in one way. Therefore, how you can't make someone feel safe because it's, it is terrifying not knowing what job's coming next, not knowing what direction you're going to go, you know? So I understand why sometimes parents kind of withhold or try to dissuade people from going a certain way but like you say if it's in you and it's your nature you have to do it otherwise it makes you unhappy few things make me happy then i mean i i didn't have that and i use the word in inverted commas i didn't have the luxury of parents who had a creative dna um so it's not that the dis- i mean i remember at school doing plays and stuff my mum just thought it was cool cool do that um but it wasn't necessarily a case of all right pursue but then again, maybe I didn't actually articulate it as a kid because I discovered my creative DNA quite late. In terms of, so to be honest with you, maybe I just didn't give her an opportunity to actually say, oh, great, you want to do that? Go and do it then. Yeah. It's just that I discovered quite late, like mid-20s or whatever, that I had this creative outlet that I needed to go and explore. Mm. So I always... I, but I always... I just, think, I just think it's a gift as a parent to support whatever your offspring want to do. Within reason, as long as I'm not harming anybody, I think I think it's an incredible gift to just be supportive of your kid. Yeah, I think so because you otherwise you if you go too far the other way and you're super encouraging, you get the kickback from a teenager who doesn't want to be told what to do. So even if it's even if it's a beautiful thing, they're trying to support you. Mm. It's like you kind of go, well, no, my parents saying I should do it, so I'm not going to do what it. What do you mean? So, so, so if Tommy says, I want to become an artist, and, and, and his mum says, oh, that's awesome, I want to do everything you can to support you, suddenly Tommy's not into it anymore. No, <laughs> it's not, you know, not so much that, but what, what I found was I would draw just very naturally because that's what I enjoyed doing. But I always I, I look and I see, you know, if there was very much, if there was a lot of, right, well, you know, draw, why are you not drawing? And that kind of parental, if, if that turns to pressure rather than encouragement, I think it's a natural response for a lot of young people who, who don't yet... Oh, I understand. understand it to kind of go well no now it feels like something I'm being told to do I know? understand I think it's just that kind of ability to step back and then encourage it at the right times when it's being expressed you know yeah I get that that's that's what that was my experience of it in, in a sense so even if uh, there were I'd go for sometimes six months maybe even like a year without drawing sometimes there were times when I felt it sometimes when I didn't and I was never t- I never got asked why you're not drawing yeah. it was very much yeah. just what are you into and what and then we'll help you with that you know? yeah that's fair enough so I was able to bumble my way through and kind of do you know? Do sport as a GCSE before realizing I was very average at most sports, and actually this was maybe a misstep. Yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't. I mean, yeah. I look back and it actually wasn't because sport's been a big part of the direction I've gone with my artwork. So mm. swings and roundabouts. But I think that's all. I mean, I'm not a parent, and in the interest of full disclosure, I have no great interest in being one. Yeah, like, but by the same token, I think there's a lot to be said for supporting whatever they want to do, but also making them conscious of the value of still trying other things as side dishes right great so this is your main course let's just try this as well and let's just you know just dabble in a few other things like you said you never know what you're going to stumble into well that's it because obviously as we know you you go and explore other things and maybe it doesn't work for whatever reason but it doesn't matter then maybe that just educates the informs the thing that you are into absolutely that's that's it yeah so were there were there any sort of indications in your own childhood any little quirks that you would do that, that, that you look back on and think well actually that was me expressing something um it's in the only thing i can think of is i always had an affinity for performing and performing is a very broad term to be fair 
But I always enjoyed I always enjoyed school plays. I, I remember playing the giant in Jack and the Beanstalk and wearing what felt, looking back retrospectively, felt like I was wearing a condom on my head. But it was like <laughs> it was a bald mask. You know those bald masks that they put on you, whatever yeah. they're called. I remember I remember playing Jack. But what was always what was always really interesting. I always remember getting like a lot of praise for my performances, but I never really understood what people were praising me for because I, I was just doing what came naturally. So I was just saying lines mm. and I always remember people saying, wow, do that again. I was, and I remember, I remember getting ridiculous grades at my A-level theatre studies for one monologue I did. Yeah. And I was working at KFC at the time. My first ever job was at KFC in Sheffield, Broomhill, for anyone in Sheffield that remembers it. And I remember about two weeks after I did my monologue, it was a guy that had been broken into and everything in his house was stolen. I remember my le- my um, teacher, she was called Jo. I remember she came to the KFC, not just to see me, she was going anyways. <laughs> she didn't just come to see CK. She, she, she literally said, just so you know, CK, I probably shouldn't tell you this because the grades haven't been released yet, but that was, uh, we all agree, that was the best performance we've ever seen. You, you, you're going you're gonna to ace that. And I remember thinking, I actually thought it was quite shit. Because <laughs> like, what's the yeah. big deal? I'm like, so, so I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think I think performing and being front and center to a certain degree is something that's you know I don't crave the limelight. It's just a natural thing that I just yeah. that doesn't bother me. So when I started presenting stuff, music festivals, and there were several thousand people, I just didn't flinch. So it's like, I, but in terms of the like the video and the photography, like there was no indication of that. That just yeah. done by that was just complete fluke. I just like mucking about on my phone. Yeah. 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 It's like this. I think, yeah, because that's the thing, isn't it? There is often a threat. You know, you said that there and that makes sense, that the whole performing thing as a kid. And that, 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 you know, and now you're doing this, you can kind of see it, but often you have to get there and do it before there's any kind of, you know, tangible yeah. threat there. Yeah. Which is, in, again, it's that benefit of hindsight. That's why I think it's really good, as you say, to try different things, to just to test yourself and to go and... And just go and fold the hat to a degree, or or, or mm. jump on opportunities that come your way because you really don't know. So there's a lot to be said for. I mean, interestingly, there's a lot to be said for. Although I didn't understand necessarily where the why the praise was forthcoming, after a while you just have to start accepting it. Okay, there's something about your character that is interesting, that's charismatic, whatever. I don't know what it is. It's not for me to say. So like when I so. Because I understand that, whenever I conceive these challenges that I go out and live out through my YouTube channel, I'm like, oh God, that's scary. But it'll probably work because you've got, you, yeah. you, apparently, CK, you've got, you've got personality traits that makes you able to do this kind of stuff. Mm. So I'll just go and do it and just assume it'll be all right. And that's exactly what I did with 61 Hooks. <laughs> this is a bit weird, but it'll probably work. Just go and do it. Yeah. So kind of, I think there's a, I was talking to one of my friends who's a singer-songwriter. I think it's called pattern recognition, I think is a technical term. Once you start recognising what your are you, I think everybody's got one of these, so this isn't just me. Once you recognise what your superpower is, you have to kind of get comfortable just recognising it, acknowledging it, and just moving on. <laughs> do you know what yeah, I mean? I do, yeah. Because I think a lot of and, and a lot of artists do fight their superpower, which is something I find really odd. And we'll come on to that later because we're going to mm-hmm. talk about kind of um, overthinking and self doubt and all of that business. But yeah. I think I think once you kind of know what one of yours is, just listen to it and go. <laughs> very true it's embracing it yeah, you to a degree you become invincible I think because when you, when you admit the good and the bad stuff and you yeah. own all of it yeah then that's just you being you and that's a lovely thing you know because... you've hit the nail on the head there 100% thanks for saying that mate in terms of t- to to give yourself balance definitely listen to the bad stuff as well 100% acknowledge oh my god it's often, often <laughs> I, mean, I mentioned earlier you know this is no BBC suite as you can see you know, for, for listeners I've got my mic on a t-shirt on a pile of books on a chair and that's but 
everyone knows that. Everyone who likes his show knows I'm an illustrator and I'm just doing this because of a little creativity. I'm not doing this to be Simon Mayo or anybody. You know, it's like, I, I'll never will be that. And I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with that. So I've kind of owned it to a degree. It's like, there is, you know, for people who love the polished stuff, there's plenty of good content out there you can go and listen to. So it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a nice feeling when you start to appreciate that actually those little flaws can be beautiful things as well, you know. I love what you said when we were walking down here, Ben, from the train station. You said, my work is a little rough around the edges, it's a little bit raw, but I just own it now. It's like, that's me. And, and me, the minute you said that, I thought about one of my branded clients. She has a merchandising company, so she puts stuff on merchandise for companies like key rings and all that kind of business. Um... And we met just because she hired me to do some headshots for the whole team. Then we started. She watched, she just started watching my YouTube, which is weird. Like she runs a company, but she's spending her time watching my YouTube, which was weird. But she always really liked it. So she so it came to the point when she was having a new website built and she needed a new promo film. And she texted me and said, "Can you CK? Can you can you come make us a promo film, please?" And I went, "Yeah." And she went, "The only brief I've got is just make it CK." Like, what do you mean? Like we don't want your standard polished corporate oh look at us just make it like that weird kind of stuff you do for you and I was like but that but that works for me but why is that going to work for your merchandise company I don't care if it works just do it so it was really weird and then then I gave her a first draft and her first first appraisal was sorry it's not CK enough muck it up a bit (laughs) it was just really weird so when you said that earlier on I just 100% and and this is me fighting against my this is what I'm talking about I was fighting against my which is weird but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it is a lovely thing when that I've had that many times where they're going they'll go back to a previous example and go, You've lost a little bit of just a bit of zest about this, like you know, you've seen with ten stuff and I will have done I'll put too much pressure on it, I thought yeah. it's gotta be something that it's not and we all do it, I think we're all guilty of that. I guess that is part of the overthinking stuff. You yeah. you start to then predict what is expected when actually they want what you've put out there in the first place, which is <laughs> Do you think that comes because I'll answer for myself first, the answer is yes. Do you think that comes from a point of not valuing your idiosyncrasy because like because you see a company that has a turnover of whatever you don't but they want you right uh, they, they want that element of you in theirs and you're thinking oh i don't know that's a bit that's a bit of a leap because that's what it was for me to be brutally honest with you so i don't yes. know if that's i don't know if that's what it is, it is you. that it is that and you're totally right and um yeah and that, that, that's what happens i think it's um yeah it's, it's almost it, it takes time to 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 appreciate like we said those nuances and it's taken me 10 years to really start to get <laughs> That actually, that that's what that's what I've built, and that's what people come to me for. Because yeah. again, there are many people out there who can polish it and do a lovely crisp design thing, but I, I don't never have represented to that audience, and, and 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 probably won't. It's very niche, but the people who want it want it for a reason, and that's why you've got to remember to keep doing what you do. You know. I, th- I, th- I think you make a really cr- critical point in there about audience, and, and interestingly, in terms of my content, I've never necessarily had like in my head a vision of an audience I'm catering to. I've only ever, and this will sound really narcissistic, but it's not my intention, and it's not actually how I think. I've only ever just catered to my soul and like what I need to create. Yeah. So um, my stuff has always been self-filmed. It's always been filmed on whatever's in my pocket at the time. So I've never necessarily placed a high premium on how things look. I've always placed a high premium on how you feel after watching something I make. So. Yeah. So, because my stuff, by virtue of that, it's never it's never necessarily a cinematic production on a DSLR phone um, camera, for example. But more and more frequently, people are saying, "CK." The word that people always use with me is "raw." And I'm not, it's just "CK." She's raw. I just love it. And it's like, all right, fine. I think I need to stop questioning when someone gives me a compliment. But I think this is inherent to creatives. You start questioning compliments. It's like what I should say is, "Thank you." If you love it, buy me a beer. But what I actually say is, "What I actually say is." But why? And I just, I just want to stop that part of my character because he's such a wimp. 
Yeah, it's yeah, like mate, yeah. grow up hair. What yeah. do you mean why? He likes it, she likes it, that's all you need to know. Absolutely, you've done you, they've liked it, victory, yeah, you should end there. You, you are right, you are right, yeah, you think, oh god, why, do they really like it? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. This is turning into a, this is turning into a treatment for us both, it's like therapy. <laughs> so, so when, so when did you start producing video? I mean, I mean... The YouTube stuff's really fascinating to me, and that's something that's become more accessible to us in the last, I don't know, what, 10 years? So when, when did you start creating? I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, I was thinking about this the other day. I was talking to a friend of mine. Like, I started making weird animation. Um, I used to start making weird animations on YouTube, like, over 10 years ago. Then there was a massive hiatus when I did nothing. Then I returned to then I returned to YouTube. By the way, for anyone that's watching this, like I'm not YouTube star. Like the one thing people always say to me, CK, your, your subscriber count doesn't match up to the content, and I, I just think my subscriber count is what it is at the end of the day. Um, but I, then I then I then I returned to it like maybe four years ago and just start creating just creating stuff. And there's there's no real. This might be something that's hurt me in so much as developing the subscriber base, but it's no real theme yet. It's all been just me expressing. What you said earlier on, this is just self-expression. If you went into my YouTube and you actually just jumped like every 10 videos, mm. you won't see a thread by any stretch of imagination. But the one thread I guess you would get is just me in inverted commas performing. I'm not like doing skits or anything, but it's just me being me and expressing myself in whatever, whatever manner that comes well, out. Yeah, I, I think there's a thread. I mean, I, again, it's, it's, but it's through you. It's your curiosity and your sure. subjects and you yeah. exploring so a theme or an idea and I think that for me that is that's enough of a tangible thread for me but that that yeah I agree I agree I, I, buy, I buy into your interest pardon I buy into your interest in your subjects in your, okay. in your that's what I got from it I mean like the, there's one of your videos where, where there's a, a drunk guy singing in the library and you go over and have a conversation with him and, yeah. and straight away because you were interested in him I was interested in wow okay this is cool what's he going to have to say for himself you know it's like okay. I, I stayed around and watched the whole video because I was I had seeing 61 hugs and now seeing this stuff and yeah. so I kind of work backwards in a way but it's, it all makes sense to me that yeah thank you but interestingly it, I mean you, that is such a so this the episode you're talking about CK versus drunk guy in library that was like part of my ongoing series and um, something about strangers which just happens as it happens like I can't plan for that to happen if I'm out and then just something happens great that's an episode done then because there's just that yeah. opportunity and that's, that's exactly what happened there I was just in Wilsden Library minding my own business all of a sudden some dude starts singing Frank Sinatra at the top of his voice I, could, I mean I couldn't see him but I could tell he was drunk peeked over there he was and I thought I'm not missing this opportunity got the, got the old phone out ran up to him said can we chat and that's just me. I just, I don't know. There's just something about those interactions that are just so, so addictive. I can't explain why, by the way. I don't know. Uh, there's a certain fascination of, of the unknown with these things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that could have gone anyway, especially when I started asking about One Direction and he took umbrage with it. Like, I, oh, thought, I, I thought he was going to hit me. I love, but he, he actually got into a good conversation about it, didn't he? You know, that, that's what yeah. was, that was what was fascinating about that. But I guess this comes back, I mean, in all these instances, like when I, I always know that they will end up all right because I know fundamentally I'm not a knob. Like I know I'm a, I know I'm a guy, nice guy with good intentions. Mm -hmm. So I always know that these things will always end up all right because I kind of understand energies and why some people gravitate towards other people, blah, 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 blah. And because I know that I'm an all right guy, then I always know these things will turn out all right and um, they invariably do. Like when I, you've probably not seen this episode, but there's one episode when I was kind of just... There was, I was almost felt like I was in matchmaking at a bus stop. 
um, between two old people. It, it's just odd, but these things just happen. And um, I feel like I've lost my thread, mate. I can't remember what we're talking about. Yeah, but in terms of when I started, in terms, in terms of when I started doing the things, um, do, doing the videos on YouTube, like it's been over ten years. But then it, there's always been gaps and hiatuses or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it goes, you know, but back to that whole performing as a child thing I don't know it takes a certain person to be able to, to be front and centre and to do that and I like and I, I, but like you say it's not it, there's no bravado there's no yeah. kind of there's no there's nothing forced about it it's, it's you having fun you know and, and I think that comes really comes across that's and that's certainly what I found so endearing about 61 Hugs you know it's just I, I you know that, that was apart from a tweet conversation we'd had very briefly and then the initial email, then I'm straight into this really quite personal film. <laughs> well, there's such a warmth to it. You know, I don't mean not to jump too far forward, but but let's 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 talk about sixty one hugs. I mean, that's your film that's coming out very soon. Yeah, and so I just want to touch on something you just said, which is just critical to if if there's one thing, because I, whenever I have an idea, it goes through, it goes through a number of filters and just for me to know if it'll work and, you know, people at Liberty to say that hasn't worked, that's fine. But for me to go, cool, I'm going to do that. One of the filters is, will this show people, people, if that makes sense? Like, will this show anyone watching other humans and make them think, I want to know more about that person? Mm -hmm. Because like one thing that I've got really, really somewhat bored with is celebrity culture. And I just don't care. Now, the irony of that is, like, I've spent time in celebrity culture. I've put celebs on the front cover of magazines when I used to work for magazines, um, write for magazines years ago. So I kind of, I've, I've, I've had a connection with magazines. I've interviewed millionaires, but they don't excite me. They're humans. So if they're a cool human, then they're cool, but they're not cool because they're a celebrity, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does, yeah. So, 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 I'm, so I'm just fascinated in humans and just sharing people's stories and just going back a little bit to 100 Musicians, which was that like six-month-long challenge I did in London when I survived in London for six months on 100 quid, photographing musicians. Like What I, what I learned through that is that actually people love watching normal, regular people if those normal, regular people have are just cool normal regular people I lost count of the number of people I just be kind of I lost count of the number of times I've been doing a, 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 an episode during that challenge just talking to random singer songwriter people like oh my god she's so cool we need more from her and I love that because we've just become so saturated and swamped with celebrities all of a sudden these are normal humans that people really want to know more yeah. of I find that so intoxicating. So now whenever I have a challenge, I'm like, okay, so will this show people people? So when I had the idea for 61 Hugs, I was like, well, there's going to be at least 61 people. <laughs> there's going to be at least 61 people yeah. in here. And there's going to be a high probability that of all those people, there's going to be someone that the viewer will think, oh, I, I wish CK would have lingered on him or her a little bit more, just like a man a little bit more. Yeah. That's my only That's my only filter. Like, well, and And... And you know, people that have had the previews or have watched it beforehand, that it's what what makes me so happy is when people pick out people remember names. Like when people said, Oh Barney and Barney was so cool, like Barney, who was even I don't remember who Barney was. <laughs> but when someone like mentions someone by name, that for me is just the greatest, mm. greatest thing ever. Because they've actually they must have rewound it to remember their name or like watch that bit again. Yeah. And that for me is just that's all I ask. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, God, God. So, well, tell us, tell us about the, the the premise of the film because I'll talk about this when we do the intro. But you're the man behind it, so tell us. Yeah, so because a lot of my. Uh, you know, a lot of the things I do through YouTube, a lot of my, I love unscripted content, so I don't have a script, I have an idea, I go and live it, and it just evolves as I'm living it. And I was, this was the first time 
I've lived out a challenge that wasn't conceived by me. So I was challenged to hug 61, leave my house in Sheffield and ask 61 strangers for a hug. The idea, immediately I knew there was potential magic in this for the reasons I mentioned earlier on. I, I, you know, I have good intentions. I'm not weird. I'm like, so I'm, okay, this could work. But I was absolutely terrified. Um, but because I'm naturally an overthinker, I thought, okay, the longer I sit on this idea, the higher the chances it'll take me ages, it'll take me longer to get it produced, or I'll just go off the idea, I'll talk myself out of it, blah, blah, blah. So I did it the next day, and that's the first time I've ever had an idea and gone out and executed the next day. There's normally like a lag of like a few days or a week sometimes, whatever. Yeah. This was the first time I'd had an idea, and I knew that if I didn't do it now, it won't get done. Yeah. So I went out and do it the next day. And... I went out and I was filming it. I self-film as I always do, and I thought, right, just just throw myself into it. So I just asked people, oh, "Hi, I'm, yeah. you know, and this is what I'm doing." And, and I mean, based on the sort of the loose theme of this episode, the the, the subheader was the rehabilitation of an overthinker, right? The yeah. the sub, yes. I don't even know where or why I called it that. Where where it came from? I suppose I wanted to give it a little bit of context. Actually, that is the reason I did it. Thank you. Yeah, that is the reason I wanted to give the film context, like it. You know, the idea, I was given a challenge, but for me, this was me kind of combating my overthinking demon. Like, that's yeah. literally what it was. Because I remember when I had that, when I was given the idea, I thought, oh, oh that's a bit intimate. Because all my other previous challenges are sometimes they're just, you're not actually touching another human being. You're just like having an interaction. Yeah. But this required a level of intimacy that I thought, does a stranger want to hold a stranger? Really? Mm. I was equally as petrified as fascinated by that question, though. Yeah. Right, but then my my inner head because we all recognise our voice isn't there to help us. Our voice is there to save us and protect us. So that voice is saying, "Dude, no, nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to hug you, dude. That nobody's interested." But I've kind of got to recognise that that dude doesn't actually. He's very, very rarely right, yeah. which is weird. Yeah. Uh, well, and, I mean, the beautiful thing about some of the the, the, the you know the more in, any good creative idea is that initially it might feel out there and yeah. far more reasons not to do it than to do it. Uh, you know, and, and I mean, and sadly, a lot of people always go with those reasons not to do something because it's easier. So true. Again, you, we could just we could just create plaques of all your little mantras. <laughs> just, just create plaques and put them on eBay. It's, so many people don't because it's easier, and it would have been the easiest thing in the world for me because nobody would have known. And this is this is what like nobody would have known that was yeah. ever an idea other than me. Um, so it would have been so easy, but I. I am somewhat. What I was saying earlier on about pattern recognition and recognizing patterns, but because I've because of the other challenges I've done in the past, and in every single instance that a voice was saying, "CK, no, run, don't." Yeah, yeah. So because every single time it turned out to be beautiful, I recognized that a voice is just talking utter crap every time. So now, although he's he, although he's still very loud, I just yeah. realized not to listen. Yeah, because he's just he, he's just his track record is garbage. <laughs> the worst track record ever yeah. <laughs> so so i just kind of you know no no there's there's something in this and yeah. and another another thing about pattern recognition that i've realized earlier on as well is that often my propensity to continue with a challenge is often going to be influenced by what happens on the first thing i do so in the context 61 hooks the first person i asked um, I forget. I keep forgetting his name. It's not him. anyway. The first person I asked, he was like bang up for it, and I I immediately remember thinking, wow. Imagine if you'd have said no, mate. Like that would. Yeah. I wonder how that would have influenced the whole the rest of it. 
Yeah. It's really, and you know, I'm only human like everybody else. So I'm really fascinated by it. if he'd have just looked at me like I was like I just asked him for money. Yeah. Like how would I have continued? So it's sometimes just serendipity. You and I were talking about this earlier on that sometimes when the, when the first thing I do in any given challenge is positive, that just kind of fuels me. Yeah. Well, you get that kicked, don't you? Then and it's. Uh... Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that first person had been you know, squared up to you or something. It could have, been, could have been a whole different story, you know, a very short film, but <laughs> but potentially more interesting. I don't know. I don't know if I, it's squared up to me. I love that. Just imagine. Um, so do you do, do, do you consider yourself a, a sort of you know like an out, let's say an outstanding overthinker, or do you do you think it, are you just like I think the next creative, as in we have introspective, curious minds. And therefore, that's a double-edged sword because it enables us to do these jobs and these projects or come up with these ideas that are, that are maybe different to the norm. But on the flip side, they also enable us far longer to think about and to procrastinate and to, and to dwell. 100%. It is a 100% a blessing and a curse. I've got a very, um, I don't know, I, I, you know... Whilst, uh, I mean, overthinking in of itself isn't necessarily a bad thing, I suppose. It, it depends on your definition. I mean, it can have its strengths, it can have its weaknesses. Mm. So, I mean, a strength of overthinking is it enables you to refine ideas better than how they came to you. Because my ideas don't always come fully formed. 100 musicians, the challenge of six months in London with 100 quid. The very first seed of that idea was very different to how it actually turned out. Because yeah. because the, in the end game, I went down to London, 100 quid, bag of clothes, camera, and musicians commissioned me to do their, um, do their official promo shots. The hook was they paid me whatever they wanted for the shoot. So if they only had a fiver, they got a full photo shoot by me for a fiver. Okay. Conversely, if they had 50 quid, they gave me 50 quid. They gave me whatever they wanted. And I had to survive on their contributions and the opening seed money of 100 quid. The original idea for that, though, and I still don't even know what I was thinking, I was going to do them all for free. I don't quite know why. <laughs> I don't quite know why I thought that would work or why that would be interesting. I don't know what I was thinking. How do you think you're going to live on 100 quid? But because I'm an overthinker, I knew something about that idea didn't work. So I had yeah. to refine it. I had to polish. And I thought, okay, what if the contributions were voluntary? Because I've realised another thing about a, a good a good story is one where I'm like vulnerable. But you know, when I was talking about the thing, the filter system, all my ideas go through. Another one is, am I vulnerable in this challenge? Because people sadistically like watching vulnerability. Yeah. So everything I've done in the past, am I vulnerable? Sixty One Hugs, massively vulnerable. Asking strangers for, oh, cool, it ticks that box. So like, yeah. vulnerability is a huge. Um, so overthinking helps me refine, but as you correctly said, it also it also makes you procrastinate. <laughs> it's true. It's true, and I think it's about. I feel I've, I feel not not a great deal's changed for me in that respect over the years, but I've gotten a better control on it. I'm more. It's almost I've learned to detach from the overthinking and keep an eye on it, if you know what yeah, I mean, yeah. and allow it to work for me. As you mentioned there about you know. Like you said, exactly what you said, I would mirror it with my writing, with writing a book. The book started off as something very different as to what the final manuscript ended up because I allowed that part of my mind to work on it. But not to the point where I would spend all day and then not sleep at night thinking about it. I've gotten better at stepping back and just switching off a little bit, going and doing something else and letting those ideas come through naturally now. Whereas for the first chunk of years or even just in younger life in general... Ah, worrier, real worrier, you know, okay. and and it makes sense because it's the same brain that's enabling me to do this job. So yeah, yeah. you can't have it everywhere. You just have to learn to manage it. You know, I think that's the thing. One hundred percent manage it. And I, the the thing is, Ben, and you and I were discussing this. This is why we were really keen to have this discussion. Is that the other side to that is when you allow yourself to talk yourself out of. I think there's okay. I have no issue talking yourself out of something that has 
hazards attached. Yeah. But if there are no hazards and you're doing it out of fear or self-doubt or whatever, there's a different question there. And while I think everybody has to do whatever they feel right, I will always try to encourage people to not talk themselves out of something um, due to self-doubt, if that makes sense. Yes. Because because I just think you're doing yourself a, a disservice by doing that. And I see that all the time. Bearing in mind that the majority of my clients are singer-songwriters that commission me to do their official photos. I see so much self-doubt about putting themselves out there and I promoting myself too much and I'm not I'm not I'm not um I'm not what's what I'm looking for um I'm not void of that am I am I over promoting I'm not void of that myself but as you correctly said you have to kind of learn how to manage it and is, yeah. and is that a justified is that a justified fear a justified consideration like I've had this conversation myself and they're up to 61 hugs I know that on release day and then for at least a good month I'm just going to be uh, I'm going to have to go see Kate. I'm going to have to have massive conversations with myself because yeah. I, I believe in the message. I believe in the values of it. So just do what you've got to do to kind of just give it as much oxygen, I guess, as you possibly can. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's a really difficult thing for creatives to say. It's like, ah, this is too much. Just yeah. put it, just tweet yeah. once and write onto my next film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in terms of, in respect of creativity, often the, the best ideas we have are, are very personal and therefore often very niche. And that's, and so you can see why people do doubt them you know yes. often the more popular work that I've done has been come as a surprise to me because it's so personal I felt so strongly about it that when it goes out there that comes across in its form and therefore people go shit you know why is for example you know drawing drawing I mean right right in front of us drawing litter you know it's, it's that you know stickers on a lamppost mm-hmm. that I found interesting yes it's that stuff that I do just out of my own interest yet it's done in my style. It's done in. It's done because I, it, on some level, it attracted me there and then in that moment. But there's every reason to think, oh my god, I'm just being weird again. That's you know, I won't, I won't put this out to the world because someone might think I'm a weirdo. Weirdo's good in our world, you know. It's like that yeah. it, it, because it's unique and it's individual and it's yours. I, I think what you're saying there, Ben, is really interesting actually because it's maybe it depends. Like when you're working to a brief, that's different. But it's maybe when what you're talking about drawing litter. It's not really for us to question how it's going to be perceived. It's just self-expression. It's none of our business how it's. Yeah. Be- it's none of our business how it's received, how it's embraced. It's none of our business. Um, just put it out there, stand back, and just get on with it. And yeah. um, it is very much our business when we're working to a brief. Of course, it is. That's a different dynamic entirely. But there's a difference between commission work and personal work. And my soul, my my heart dances and sings a lot louder at the personal stuff. I don't know about you. I guess I would argue most creators probably feel that way. For the most part, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes I do like the parameters of a brief, and if I get to a oh, of creative, creative director, then. But yes, you're right. It's different. It's 100 percent different, different kettle of fish because that's entirely self-led. Yeah. The other stuff you're working for an audience with a client yeah. who's got a target to whatever you know. It's there's parameters there, yeah. So it's a different kind of satisfaction. But yeah, yeah, in terms of the heart singing, of course, yeah. When I've got a day to do that stuff and go and explore whatever it might be, it's a beautiful thing. But the, the, but the two are mutually exclusive. That made me sound like I hate all the client stuff, which isn't the case because, oh, as no, you correctly said, it's some different. of it's epic. Yeah. Um, there's just a certain there's just a certain magic in 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 limitless like creative creation without parameters there's yeah. just something about that yeah you're right yeah and, i mean and then back and to the overthinking thing but i drew parallels when i was watching the film with the the intensity of just throwing yourself into such a daunting challenge yeah I, um i drew parallels to how i felt when i went to japan for the first time a couple of years ago you know yeah. in a very 
for the most part a non-English speaking country, you know, without having done my research. It was it's that deep end feeling. Yeah. But I always come away stronger from it, and that's what's yeah. lovely about that and, and that message of overthinking in this film. That's what I took from it is that you've done this before it could get the better of you and, and, and overthink it and, and, and not do it. Yeah. You've done it, and, and what a great thing you've got out the other end of it, you know? Yeah, interestingly, and I, I keep talking about pattern, recon, pattern recognition. And had I not done 100 musicians in 2015, when I realised that that bit in my gut that is absolutely terrified, because I. It's, it's horribly cliche, but there are beautiful things waiting on the other side of fear, and it's actually quite true, and I've seen it, I've seen it present itself time and time again. Had I not done 100 Musicians when I realised that to be true, and the few episodes of Something About Strange Online, had I not had the history of realising that that fear in me is actually a good thing to listen to, and do it anyway, had I not had those that, that, that pattern of that being the case, I probably would have never, I'd have just had the idea, oh, that's great, but I'm not doing that. But because I had the proof of it... Every time you have this feeling in your gut of fear and you go and do it, some wonderful things happen. Yeah. Like, and I, I, you know, I anticipated it could have the options, it could have the potential to be great, but certain things that happened during that film, that just beyond my expectation, like mainly the three people right at the very end, I don't know if you know the three people I mean, just as I, I thought I'd finished, but I hadn't finished because yes. those three people I came did, up yeah, to me. Right by the, by the fountain? Was it, by the, by, it was, yeah, it's like a monument. It's, yeah, like, it's like a monument, yeah. uh, memorial, memorial. Yeah. Um, like, well, I actually struggled to edit the film, to be fair, because that's the first time I've struggled because I got really emotional because it was just there was just a nice humanity to that bit that I've never really experienced in my content before, and I and I kind of I, I had to leave it because I couldn't believe it. It was just it was just a weird occurrence to happen, mm. beautifully weird. Um, but that's often the beauty of just like, okay, CK, something's going to happen. Don't worry about what it is. Something will probably happen. Just there's there's a certain magic in that. Something and yeah. looking, what what is that something going to be? All right, let's go and find out. Yeah, it's weird. There's a certain something about that. Yeah. So, what's the response been so far from previews? And that, it's you know? been yeah. I mean, I've, the previews have been twofold. So I kind of send it out to press and media. But what I've also done as well is I did like an um, interview with BBC Radio Sheffield. And just, I just had this thing in my head, right, as he was wrapping it up, where can people find it? I thought, oh, wouldn't it be funny if I actually just surprised random people with this private link? So I just said, if anybody wants to come and follow me online, then I'll just be surprising random people with a private link, like, months before it goes out, let's go and watch it. Because that's just in keeping with my whole strangers thing. It's nice. It's good. They, they, yeah. they like the idea. They're, they're warm to the idea. They don't think it's weird that there's a guy going. So, yeah, so like the people I've been sending it to have just been, they've been like, wow. And, and like, some of the tweets I've been sending have been remarkable. Um, but... Well, there is no but. There is no but, really. Um, I mean, at the time this is recording, like we can say what date it is, like because I, I, I'm fine with that. Like it's about, it's just under a month before it comes out now. And um, I sent it to to a website called um, Short of the Week. You've probably not heard Short of the Week, but it's like a really big website that kind of premieres new short films from independent creators. Um, and like getting getting them to getting them to launch it, you'll have tens of thousands of eyes on your film like within days because they've got like a really big audience. Oh, yeah. So I sent it to them um, because someone suggested that I do, and they 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 declined for some very fair reasons. The main one was, as I mentioned earlier, my stuff is self filmed. It's all it's, I I I prioritize feeling and emotion over ex, over. Um, polishing sheen for example yeah. but a lot of, everything on their website is very much the polishing sheen it's, the stories are often great but they're very you know you can tell they're shot on, yeah. they, you can tell how they're shot right you can tell they're okay. shot yeah. on, a, on a film that's intended to make films Yeah. so I knew it was a bit of a punt but I had nothing to lose. I had 30 quid submission fee um, but it's really easy as a creator to be disheartened by that 
But I remember in the past, I've always learned that whenever something I've kind of sent out to people, if ever one person has declined for whatever reason, every single time, someone always loves it. Yeah. And that happened, I don't know if you've seen the thing when I um, Be Different Say Yes, when I stood on London, busy street of London and asked to buy a stranger lunch. You yes, look, you look, yes, okay. I did say, yeah. Okay, um, so that's another one of my mini social experiments called Be Different Say Yes, when I stood in one of the busiest parts of London and just asked passing strangers if I could take them for lunch or go and sit down, my camera guys with me, let's just hang out. They didn't know about the camera guys, I was just asking strangers for lunch, they didn't know about the camera guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, when, when I was sending that out to a few platforms like... Um, uh, time out they, they said mm, we're not sure about this then then Evening Standard the fourth biggest newspaper in the UK loved it they did a massive piece yeah. so like, you, you can't cater to everybody and you've kind no. of got to you've kind of got to kind of get yourself in the mindset that somebody's not going to feel as warm to it as somebody else absolutely that's the, that's the I mean, any art form any project for, for every person that loves it there's always going to be someone who loves it and it, that's just the absolutely. nature of what we do and I think yeah. And especially something that's so personal and, so, and born of such a place of passion and personal yeah. interest, of course it's going to divide. You know, <laughs> always, I, totally. I, I, I almost think it'd be a bit worrying if it didn't, because then it's like, True. then it's like, am I catering to just everyone? You know, True. and I feel that you lose a bit of soul, and that's the case. Yeah, I've never know? looked at it that way. I've never looked at it that way. But bang on, that's, mm, that's really true. That's the risk, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. that's but, and I must stress that regardless of that, even though I go into every project knowing that it's not going to be for everybody, that's not it. It one hundred percent will still. Sting. Like you know, oh, it will God. still sting. Even me, and I'm somewhat does. robotic when it comes to emotions. <laughs> like, I'm somewhat robot, but oh, I, I remember, <laughs> I remember. You know, I do, I do a fair bit of talks at unis and things like that. Cool. I always hang around and chat to students, look at the work, try and give some advice if I can. And um, for every student, I, I've sort of said, look, simplicity is not the enemy. You know, you say hey, that naive and minimal is very hard to pull off, and you're doing it well. It's a beautiful thing. Have confidence in it. And then I remember somebody commenting on a, a, an illustration I've done for Arsenal Football Club, one of their fans, just, oh, a five-year-old could have done that. That was it. All evening, just sitting there thinking, all right, what do I come back with? What do I, in the end, I didn't come back with anything. I thought, no, what are you going to do? Go and have a, have a slanging match with me on YouTube comments. No, yeah. just leave it. Just yeah. leave it. And I just laughed it off in the end. But for, for, for a good four or five hours, it really rattled me. And yeah, you're right. It's hard to get away. We're all pretty vulnerable. Totally. Again, back to the overthinking thing. We're, we tend to be quite sensitive souls, people mm-hmm. who've got those introspective minds. So Absolutely. it's another aspect of it. We are, we are. That's a part of the overthinking and the fear is that, shit, what if someone really goes for it? I hate yeah. it. And it is it's a real roadblock for a lot of people, I think. It really is. And I don't I don't actually, with regret, no, excuse me, I don't even know what the answer to that roadblock is and how you overcome it. I wish I did. I just don't. Um, but yeah. I, I wish I did because, uh, do, you, do you, you know how I mentioned that so many of the singer-songwriters that commission me have that obstacle that actually limits how much of themselves they put out there? Yeah. Like, I know loads. Do you know people who you feel, oh my God, everybody should know about you, but you're limiting yourself? Do you know anyone like that? Or... Um, no, not, I mean, no, no, not really. Um, okay, that's interesting. I certainly know, not, not singer-songwriters anyway, uh, maybe just because I don't even know that many, but I certainly know a lot of artists who, or, or even students who I'll talk to, that same thing. I've, I've had so many conversations where, oh, I haven't found my style, I haven't found my, my thing yet. And I look and there's lots of, obviously lots of artistic talent there, but they're right, they haven't quite hit on it. And I always go back to, to just them as a person. I always say, okay, well, stop thinking about visual styles and everything else. And I ask them what they do, what do they do in the evenings, what do they do when no one's looking when they go home, what's their passion, you know? And what do you watch on TV? What books do you read? Where do you like to go for walks? All those little things, I try and just find out who they are and where they're from. And nine times out of ten, there's a seed in there. There's something there that they overlook that's a beautiful, unique thing that they're doing. 
that's that helps to set that thing apart. It's seeing friends who are whoever or people who just might be struggling to find their thing and I always go to, to that I always go to that human, that, that character, what but you know, there'll be there'll be a sense of humour or a talent in there or an experience in there that they just completely disconnect from this problem that they've got and I'm like, no no no, you have to put you on that problem. You have to appreciate you, your character, where you've been, what you've seen, who yeah. you are. Yeah. That's that's where the answers always are. But then, you know, I guess that's also the source of the overthinking because when it's personal, people are a bit reticent to put it out there, you know? Well, I mean, yeah, 100%. I mean, it's not even necessarily reticent. I mean, th- this is completely off topic, but one of the other strands of content that I do for people, whether it's brands or entrepreneurs or startups, it's when it's actually um, moulding their personal story, what I call a hero story. Like, if you're the founder of a business... In the absence of anyone knowing your business, nobody cares about your business, so they want to figure out what's got you to where you are now, so we have to actually start communicating who they are as a person through the press or whatever, so I do that with people as well. And often, I mean, no, this is coming out to the heart of what you're saying, no one ever really sees the, their own magic in their story or what actually sets them yeah. apart or what gives them yeah, the edge and whatever. No, way no, better than I did there. <laughs> but yeah. No one ever sees it, and it's like, sometimes I'm saying to these people, like, don't you recognise why that, don't you see why that is like... That, that is a great story. It's true. We're not making anything up. Don't you see why that is a really fascinating story that people want to read, find out more about? Like, no, not really. <laughs> Everyone always underestimates their own little nugget, don't they? They do. Everyone that's does. exactly it. That's why I took about five minutes to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm normally that guy that goes around the houses. But this is the, this comes back again to what we're saying. Like Sometimes a, a, a fresh perspective just actually yeah. shines. What you're, Do you know what I mean? That's it. And that's back to what you're doing. That's why I love just how personal and, and, and fascinating I find that because you're you're just throwing that out there you're doing it out of love for doing it mm. curious personal interest and you're putting it out there but what comes back in people's perspectives again it helps to inform and it helps you to grow that then and think okay the way they saw that that's interesting maybe then I'll bring that back and apply some more me to it and it takes on a different life and it's that process which I find wonderful 100 me too I, it's, that's, that's probably more so with this than anything else like People have been um, citing elements, and I've thought, oh, oh, yeah, I've never thought of it that way. Um, and yeah, one hundred percent. It's like kind of in, it, it's difficult, though, isn't it? You'll agree. It's really difficult to kind of say, oh, so that's what's hitting. Do I now do more of that just for that reason? Then yeah. you're chasing yeah. the hits. There's, that's a very dangerous place to be. It is. But yeah. equally, it's valuable if you reckon if 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 it sits right with you anyway, and someone's actually just actually shown you. Have you ever thought about? Oh, yeah, of course. Why? That's obvious. And then it's not dirty if you're doing it because it makes perfect sense and you would go yeah. in that direction anyway. It's questionable if, oh, I don't even want to go that way, but I will because apparently that works. There's, there's a very fine balance. It is, there? yeah. And I think it always comes down to how you feel. If you feel good about it and it's mm. right for you, then mm. then to, brilliant, take it on board, let it be. But yeah, I, like you say, if it becomes something where you completely redirect and chase that, then that's a fool's errand and you're always going to end up dragged in you know, every which way. And I wonder, I wonder then if it loses the innocence of, of the authenticity because there's a certain you'll get this like this like when you were just talking about your litter thing like there's a it had no agenda it had no motive you just wanted to do it right and I, I genuinely believe that audiences if you use audience in a broader sense whether it's people that are into YouTube whether it's people that are into your illustrations audiences I think subconsciously they're not knowingly but subconsciously they are they gravitate towards that kind of authenticity yes. that has no agenda and Michael was talking about this in your previous in your previous podcast when you're talking about advertising and the agenda and the cynicism behind it i do think that people actually gravitate nowadays more so there's kind of thing oh that that has no agenda that's just a nice that's just a soulful thing yeah right yeah. And, and then they just pull towards it 
And yeah. I feel if you kind of stop, and I feel if you start chasing views, you might. I'm sure you'll still do all right, but I wonder if you work still be rich in that kind of soul and authenticity. Yeah. No, that, that's it, isn't it? And again, it's another fine balance we have to strike as, as creators, really. Yeah. Which, which is a, a, ever, ever difficult, but <laughs> but I just think I don't know. The the, the, the more, I just I lead with what I'm passionate about and what I'm interested in now. And yeah, it's certainly fed by response also. Mm. But ultimately, it's you know it, it's about feeling and, and about soul. I think, and I guess that just comes with age. You start to value that more than more than the client list or the whatever it might be that you previously. It, it's certainly my case. I had these clients as goals, or I want to work more on book covers. Whereas now I'm just like, don't care what the brief is anymore. As long as I'm enjoying my day today and I'm feeling good about That's that challenge, it's it's been a shift certainly in the last couple of years. that's happened for me in that respect. And I'm guessing that's quite liberating, right? Like Very much so, place. actually, yeah, because I'm living more... Now it's like, okay, well, you know, the next brief comes out of the blue. Cool, I didn't have this big long-term vision that I was working towards now, so I'm able to be more responsive here and now. And it's not fed by this long... There's nothing wrong with having a long-term thing. Absolutely. And don't get me wrong, they are still very loose yeah, long-term yeah. ideals. Yeah. But I think if you... I think if you're finally pointing too far in one direction, you, you miss what's here, you know, you, mm. you, you miss what's right in front of you, and you're less open to, to switching directions, which can be the best things sometimes. Yeah. So so with that in mind then, what would you tell the, what would you tell Ben from two thousand and eight? Like, what would you that guy that had his very that had his blueprint, what would you say to him <laughs> if you could not have a little word in his ear? I said there's not a lot that I'd say because I think again it's like all that, that learning yeah. curve is all put important. But but Fair. I guess but it's funny because at one point I do remember saying to someone at the time, a friend, I remember saying somebody offered me Thirty grand a year now, in perpetuity, forever, to be a professional illustrator. I was, I would rip their arm off. Right so now, that's what. No, not now, but that's what I said back then when I was graduating as an illustrator. Oh right, from an illustration degree. Whereas that strikes fear in me now. Looking back, the idea that I wouldn't be able to do this a podcast, I wouldn't be able to be able to try and be a writer, and that's uh, interesting, and just have fun creatively, you know. So no, it would, it would be more. Yeah, keep going where you're going, but but just you know stay open to change, which I guess I always was to a degree, but. You know, when, you, when you're finishing a degree, you think that's what I've got to be doing, what I've done my degree in, and, and that's where it ends. Mm. You know, whereas it's not like that, is it, in this industry? It's the kind of, again, well, if you're leading with feeling and passion, that can take you all sorts of different directions. That's really interesting what you just said there about the, 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 the 30k analogy. Yeah. As in, it's like one of those things where you see the benefit that 30k would have brought, as in the security, the regular, the lack of yeah. doubt, but you're also seeing you're also th- acknowledging the liberty that not having that 30k has given you to be creative to be in inverted commas a word I don't actually like so I don't know how I'm going to use it but to dabble or yeah. to experiment or to play you'd, you'd have kind of lost that which at the time when you're dabbling and experimenting and playing but then there's not necessarily not in your case I'm speaking quite generally there's not the frequency of, 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 of an income coming in perhaps you kind of resent it but then you look back on it and think I did some of my best stuff during that, during yeah, that weird, I did some of my best stuff during that weird time yeah I'm just the fact that I love the fact that I put 30k on it. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like limiting myself to, to 30k at that point in my career is like that. that but, but then I, I like to think that shows that I was more interested in, in being an illustrator than making Fair. a lot of money. Fair. Maybe I, just, I think maybe subconsciously I just knew it wasn't going to be an option. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Uh, so, so what's the plan? What's the plan moving forward? Then? So, the, so the release is in a month's time. Yeah, it? it's in a month from it's in a month from as we are recording now, and it's really interesting. I mean, I in terms of, I sometimes just have to put it in in, in like terms that I suppose someone asking me the question gets. But in terms of 
career profile. Ironically, I don't actually watch his stuff, but from a career profile, like someone like Ricky Gervais is something of a utopian position for me. As in, he has the he has the ability to straddle a number of disciplines from the point of view of film, TV, stand-up, book writing. Like, I love writing. Like, I know I have a book in me, right? Mm. I know I have a Netflix series in me. In fact, I've got it in my head. I've been pitching certain ideas since, for the last two years anyway. But, like, the, but like I, I know I'm not the kind of guy can, that can only ever do one thing because it just drives me insane. So someone like Ricky Gervais who can just do like a t- tour for four months and then not do anything for the rest of the eight months. It's not that not doing anything that excites me, but that's just a benefit of being a big name like him. He can do that, right? Yeah. Um, but there's just something incredibly seductive about his kind of lifestyle whereby he's got the film, he's got the, he's just got a new Netflix series coming yeah. out now, which is, which is good, good luck to the guy. And I read, if anybody's bored, I read um, when I was living in London for a while, I read an interview with Ricky Gervais for Balance magazine it was just I can't actually remember why it really moved me but there were elements of it that just that were just great and kind of he seems like he just kind of appreciates it because it came quite late for him um but yeah like you know right right in a series like the irony of the irony of 61 hugs and this is a bit of an exclusive I'm not saying that like it's anything to, to be grateful for but like 61 hugs ironically is um the second part of like a trilogy, like there's been through that. Like the biggest thing I'll probably ever do has been in my head for the last like two years. I pitched it to a couple of production companies and they're a bit nervous because all of my stuff is unscripted. So like, it's hard to control if, yeah. if that makes sense. It's yeah. like you want us to allocate how much to something that we don't know what the outcome's going to be. Which is a, if I'd have picked like you no know, like sixty one hugs isn't a feature film, but if I'd have pitched it as something similar, it's like but um, we don't know what's going to happen. If that makes any sense, it does. Yeah. So the biggest thing I'm ever going to do has the same DNA as everything I do, as in it's got a format, it's got a loose skeleton, but like what happens within that skeleton is anybody's guess. I haven't got a clue, so God knows how mm. a producer's going to know. Um, that takes place in the states. Like I had the idea two years ago, and I love it. Um, I kind of I know it's going to happen one day, but like, but I kind of see my content sitting on a streaming service like Netflix, where they're a little bit more more adventurous with their yeah. content. So, like, my Netflix series can't come quick enough. <laughs> basically what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, well, again, as, and I think it's a valuable lesson to anybody else out there who's 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 having that overthinking problem and not doing, you know, not working towards that passion. Mm. I think by by just by doing. And sharing, you create you create the, the the existing model, so people who can come and look at sixty one hugs sure. project with hundred musicians, it's like it's awesome. It, it's it's there, and people will then start to get a sense of what you're about and what you're doing. And you know, and then that's hopefully that triggers the idea in the right. Let's say Netflix produce, you know, produce, yeah. the, the person who's producing for sure, it, sure, who, who just sees and goes, okay, you know, what what else have you got in mind? Because we want to work with you. You know, yeah. I'm pretty sure at some point that's going to happen if you keep doing that with a passion and sure. and getting better and and working out where where to go that's right for you. Yeah, thank thank you, mate. And I think there's a lot of value in what you were saying. Is that um, sometimes. Because I, I, I remember when I kind of finished sixty one, the first day, and I looked at it and I thought. Jesus. I mean, if nothing else, if nothing else, that shows that if you've got the skeleton without knowing what's going to what's going to be the meat, then then, then there's a certain merit in actually that. Like, because I didn't know what people going to say. Um, but it kind of it, it, as you, I think what you're basically saying is that might help me convince people that sometimes just a skeleton idea and then just just live with it. There's a certain yeah. magic in not knowing where it's going to go. It's easy for me to say I'm not being, having to invest in it. But no, I like a pitch. I pitched an idea to Red Bull like a year ago and he really liked the idea. I think his exact words were like, I, yeah, there's something about the idea there, but there's an element of it that's making me a bit nervous. That's fine, you know, it's, you know, it's totally fine. I was asking him for cash at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> but 
But equally, but equally, this is something that can be done independently as well. So if I kind of just stumble across a very brave, if I come across a very brave brand, a very brave emerging brand that wants to do something awesome that no one's ever done before, then we'll do it then. Then I won't even, because I love doing stuff independently. There's a certain magic of that, like having no guidelines to work yeah. to. There's, there's a magic in that. So. Yeah, and, and, also, and, and also that's just, you know, I guess a point I also try to make is just that just through my own personal passion projects it, it, the amount of the amount of unexpected projects that they've brought in just the, by, the by, passion by, projects yeah, by doing right. the, by doing that and expressing something it's like it's almost a way of bearing the soul and actually people haven't thought about doing anything like that until they've seen you do it so it's that again i guess what i'm saying to listeners is do them things that might they might seem weird they might seem completely out there or unrealistic or too ambitious, but just do it because you've got nothing to lose in doing it and you'll learn things along the way even if it doesn't go where you expected it to go. Is that something you'd agree in? I couldn't couldn't echo that enough, mate, 100%. Um, I think... I think... um, Okay, just to put that into context, I went to an event in London like about seven seven months ago and I met... And in in his defence, he's not... Okay, like we said, everybody's creative. But he wouldn't characterise himself as a creator because I think he worked in accounts or something. He was an accountant. And like we got talking about YouTube and he was like, it, it actually annoyed me a little bit. And it takes so much to annoy me. You, you have no idea. I'm just like the most passive guy in the world. But it irked me a little bit. And he was like, why? I said, why what? He said, why did you do YouTube? Do you earn any money from it? I'm like, no. So why did you do it? And I just, and I just thought to myself... Wow, okay, so everything we do nowadays has to have a monetary attachment. That's really interesting. And I just said to him, okay, um, I, sometimes you've got to play dumb to people. I said, mate, do you play football? Yes. Okay, YouTube is my... F- I, I said, I don't play football. YouTube is my football. And he got it straight away. Oh, right, okay, it's something you enjoy. It's like a release. Yes, like, do I need to explain it? Well, yeah, yeah, that's it, isn't it? And if you don't do that, if you only ever follow the money, to it's very hard to break out of that cycle. Unless, because, the, the, I mean, again, it's that paradox. It's like, for for the passion to become the moneymaker, you have to first do it and put it out there. And, Correct. You know, almost, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe some people have been doing that since day dot and they just made money very quickly. I'm sure there are stories of course. somebody could counter that. But on the, for the most part, and that goes back to my previous point, you have to be doing it and sharing it for people to first get a sense of it, to like it, to trust it. Therefore, True. pay you to pay you to do it. You know, True. you have to. It's all, it's on all of us to lead that charge. Yeah. And I know we've all got circumstances. Some of us have a mortgage. Some of us mm. have a family. Whatever. We've, we're all dealing with that to a degree, and it's all circumstantial. But at the end of the day, there's only you can lead that charge. So you just have to do it when you can, how you can, to the uh, best possible way. And also, it doesn't even necessarily. There doesn't. It doesn't always have to be a motive to get X. Sometimes, as we've just said. It's just a human thing to, yeah. to create and to express. Like they might not have any agenda to it; they'll just go and just go and do it regardless. Oh, There's yeah. huge merit in that, and, and especially I don't. Here's a question for you, Ben. I was thinking about this a lot recently. Do you see? Do you either personally or your circle of friends or family? Do you see a dip in people's mental health recently? Like, do you see people getting more? negged out about stuff I don't know I don't know because I, I feel like I do even I mean even in myself like I've seen like in the last year or so like my mood dipping for longer periods of time than it ever has and I don't know why that is but yes to a degree yeah it's, yeah it's very it's a tough one some people know but but there is I would say rather than in my circles I would say more in general yeah I would, okay. I would agree with that wholeheartedly in society in general yeah 
and I think um, there are I think there are myriad reasons for it. But I'm fascinated by what your reasons are. But go on. I think. <laughs> I think, and this is going to sound very old manish, but I think social the the, the dark side of social media yeah. is playing a big part. Back to an earlier point you made about celebrity culture. Mm. I think there's a lot of cries for help out there now. A lot of people sharing inane selfies or, or, oh or, or sharing their entire life on social media. But also just reading too much into everyone else's, what they perceive to be everyone else's lives. Yeah. Because we're all, we all, you know, we all, a lot of us do it now to a degree. And I think, I think my parents' generation, they didn't have to know what. Doreen down the road was doing having for lunch you know it's like and I, I mean I want to know what Doreen's having for lunch right now <laughs> actually that'd be a good film wouldn't it that, maybe that's what's Doreen having for lunch there's a CK Golden project but <laughs> just knock some random doors what you're having <laughs> but, but 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 you know it's I, I think and I'm sure I mean I hate the idea but I'm sure it's happened that, that I've caused some people to feel miserable, maybe. You know, let's say illustrators who are starting out mm-hmm. who might come and look at my portfolio and go, Oh, he's doing a, he's doing a Premier League illustration, he's got it made, he's got he's got the life I'm aspiring to. Got got it. Do you know what I mean? It's that it's that it's that mirage that we all put out there. Where yes. whereas they don't know that that might be my last commissioned work for the foreseeable and I'm shitting myself about where the next rent's getting paid from, you know? One hundred percent. Not enough people have the constructive thinking to sort of go behind a layer behind what's being put out there. Again, the person who's got what you want, whatever that might be, a marriage, a child, whatever it is, I think we all have to just stop for a moment and go, you don't know what the thousand other things in our life look like, what's happening. So, you know, but I do just think for young people that have grown up with it, everyone's putting everything out there and everyone feels a bit inferior or like they're not good looking enough whatever it might be I think there's a very dangerous thing going on at the moment with that I I, I, I mean yeah I couldn't there's, I have nothing to add to that 100% and certainly what you were talking about comparison comparison is like it's it's just such a it's so prevalent right now and, yeah. and, it, and it's and it's just eating away at people's mental health it's just it's, I don't even know why I brought that question up because I genuinely can't remember why I brought that bit up about do you feel it's like affecting Affecting people's mood or mental health or what or outlook. I, don't, I wish I could remember why I asked you that question. <laughs> Maybe we'll write yeah. it in the podcast notes. Oh, CK remembers why I asked you that <laughs> stupid question just as we're about to wrap up. This is the reason. And also, and also I just think another, another thing to that is the amount of information that's accessible now at our fingertips, you know. And I, some of the main reasons that, for example, I might feel a bit down is... is I'll, you know, I, I won't shy away from, from the, the news that maybe it's better for me not to see. So, for example, the environmental stuff. You like won't shy away from Climate change, yeah. yeah. I feel, I almost feel like, you know, I've always had this, uh, I've always uh, I've always been a big admirer of graphic activism and using talents of like, creativity for, for good. Yeah. In certain areas, like I've, yeah. done, I've done campaigns on male mental health with calm and things just off my own back because okay. I cared about the cause and I feel, uh, I feel very, you know, it, it makes me sad that the, the, the suicide rates are where they are and things like that. Uh, but again, back to your point about overthinking, it's like I have that mind. Therefore, I can read an article about palm palm oil deforestation. And that can have me feeling a bit, you know, bad for the rest of the day potentially if I don't get a grip of those thoughts. And again, it's the information overload now because it's there. It's on my phone. It's on my desktop. And there's no escape from these constant yeah. headlines, emails, yeah. and petitions about these things. And because the whole graphic activism thing, I feel like if you know maybe one day I can do something to help with those things. 
I stay aware of it. Therefore, it does knock me sometimes. You yes, know? yes. So, which is why I think films like your own and your own project is absolutely wonderful because it's a it's a very uplifting, human, heartwarming use of that same tool. So again, it's double-edged swords. It's not right or wrong. It's just what it's doing to people. You know, you've one hundred percent reminded me why I brought that up. Now that's the reason. <laughs> that's the reason because I mentioned earlier on that now more so than before. Like I'm usually me and my brother talk about this all the time. Like I'm usually just. I'm just content. Like, for as long as I can remember, I'm just content and I'm just happy with stuff. There's always been things I've wanted to do that haven't come, but I'm always quite happy. But in the last, like, I've seen my... this. T- I'm going to look back on 2018 as one of my... This will be quite ironic, given the fact I'm about to drop this thing. But I'm going to look back on 2018 as my least favourite years. Cause I've, just, my, I've never really struggled with moods or mental health, but I've, there's been parts of this year that I've hated. And the, the beginning of 61 Hugs, this is an exclusive for you because I just genuinely love this talk. The beginning of 61 Hugs, there's a bit when I'm staring into nothingness and I just look like worried about what I'm about to do. But that's just because for that whole week, I hated it. Like the whole week was just garbage. So like there was no acting required. But the, the irony of it was like, this is something else I'm not mentioning. Like that's why when the idea, when I was given the challenge to 61 Hugs, because I'd had like a garbage year and that week was rubbish. I thought this was an opportunity to just go and have some joy. Pure joy for no reason other than why not. And this comes back to what I was saying to that guy, like, why do you do YouTube? And I think everybody everybody has their version of YouTube. <laughs> everybody has their version of YouTube. Like, everybody has their release, whatever that might be. And I just think everybody has owes it to themselves to um, explore whatever your YouTube is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and without... And without targets without goals Correct. like you say I think I think this is a big crux of that problem it's like just be content with where you are and, and work to get into a better place mm. but don't look across the over the you know the Joneses don't look over the fence and see your mate who's just put up a lovely selfie in a new dress and feel like your life is somehow worse mm. than theirs or you've mm. got it bad because yeah. it's never what you think it is and, yeah. and also it doesn't always have to be you know, fame's bollocks celebrity culture bullshit it's like <laughs> And, and as, as we said earlier, it's people. The people who are truly loved for being famous are the people who've done something that's them, that's passionate. They've, mm. they, you know, like mm. I don't know. I think, for example, Bill Murray. Let's say Bill Murray, someone okay. who's admired for his acting and, and his character. Yeah. It's like I'm pretty sure what you see is what you get with Bill Murray. It's not. He's not. A, he's not a. What do you call him? He's not a Kardashian. He's not someone. Okay. He's not someone who's positioned up there as something for kids to aspire to he's just a talented man who's used his creativity and managed to make a lot of money in a lot right. of great films along the way right. but that's byproducts. yes I'm pretty sure you take all that money and film away and you've still got Bill Murray do you know what I mean that's interesting I think interesting. I, I think I think people aspire to that idea of oh you know the, I don't know I, I'm finding it hard to articulate this but I just think it's a very dangerous thing to look at these famous people who are doing fuck all or just apart from posting silly videos or pictures of themselves pouting into a camera mm. and then kids thinking, oh, I've got to look like that or I've got... It goes back to that advertising thread what I talked about with Micah. Mm. You know, it's that... It's uh, setting the bar too high for ourselves. Just enjoy. Enjoy and have fun in doing what you love doing. But here's the question though and this... I don't know... I suppose this is the beauty of conversation to go off on tangents but I was on Twitter yes. I'm, I'm weird. So I don't watch Big Brother but it was on yesterday and I thought, well, actually... Just engage with, just watch it, engage with people. I had nothing better to do. So, like, my tweets yesterday, <laughs> just random, just inter- just commenting on what people said about Big Brother. And one person was like, they're not celebrities, what is going on? But I'm like, 
To be fair, although I agree with an element of what you're saying, celebrities now are not what celebrities were when I was growing up, and they'll never return to what celebrities... Well, I don't know, but my question to you on what you were just talking about, the Kardashians versus the likes of Bill Murray, who we perceive as a traditional celebrity, do you think that chapter is truly closed? Is, as the Kardashians set a new benchmark for what a celebrity is, or will it revert? I personally don't think it will revert. I think this is only going to continue. I don't think it will fully revert. I think there's always going to be a, a place of people who, who who want talent and okay. interest in human beings. I think there's always going to be a place for that, but how it's presented is never going to go back. That mystique's kind of gone because of the, the everybody putting True. everything out there. Not gone, it's not gone, but it's very hard to show. Sure. You know, David Bowie, for example. You know, it's like, I think it was Noel Gallagher who said, I want to, I, growing up, I, you know, I, I wanted to believe that Barry was from Mars, you know, it's like that. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. He, he was a rock star, he was a, he, you know, his personas were that, you wanted to buy into that, you didn't want, so I, true. I think he said, I don't want to know what socks he's wearing, you know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> You're like me, you clearly yeah. enjoy Liam Gallagher interview. I yeah. just, I love it. But, <laughs> but, I just, so, I, so I think it's hard to do that, but it's not impossible at the same time. I think you can still use social media very effectively in that respect. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's a long. I mean, that's a whole other conversation. I think. But. Over from overthinking to Kim Kardashian. There's yeah. a, there's, there's a again, again, there's me overthinking again, just dwelling on celebrity culture. To be fair, I think it was my fault. We went down this road, but it's <laughs> it's it's something I'm very mindful of right now. Like kind of how social media is impacting our is impacting our. So, I mean, some, something Micah said. I think everyone just basically used to go and what, listen to the Micah, edition, Micah episode because it was great. When he was talking about like the dopamine hits, like uh, every time, like, this is going to be the last thing I say because you're probably going to wrap up. How long have we been talking for? Like one hour 15? It's huh? all good. It's all good. All right. Some of them are long. It's, like, it's, it's really cynical what social media platforms do to kind of keep us coming back for that dopamine hit. It's really cynical. Yeah. I'm not going to give go into it now because, because you're probably going to wrap, wrap up, but it's, you, just need to, you just need to research how like Instagram holds back the number of likes you're getting at any given time, so I'll keep coming back for them. I don't know if you've heard that, but every time I tell people it blows their mind, they'll hold back likes and they'll drip feed them to you so that you have to keep coming back. Is that right? That's just horrific. I'll never forget when I kind of realised, when I kind of read that and it's proof and that's what they're doing. I was like, oh my God, that's like me playing with people's. It's wow. like Sorry, horrendous. Yeah. It's very Black Mirror. Have you watched Black Mirror? I don't. I haven't, you but should. my sister tells me I should. You should. You'd, you'd love it. I think you'd really like okay. it. It's okay. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. Right, I reckon it'd be right up your street. Mm. But, um, yeah, but yeah, that is dark. That is dark. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I, I suppose the reason I'm, I'm talking about all of this is that um, wholesome probably isn't the right word. In fact, I'm, I'm, I hate. Oh God, I feel I just came out of high. <laughs> actually saying it. But I just, I don't know. I just, I just, I just now love creating content that's actually just root, rooted in just the most simple of idea with no premise and just underpin my humans. Mm-hmm. I just like it. Yeah. Um, for all the reasons that we've mentioned before, I just think it's, for me, it's like almost medicine. And I love social media, by the way, and I do think I've got a mild problem with it. I can't, I can't lie. I do oh, think I'm a fan of it. I, I do I'm, think you know, when, when you make it work for you, and, it, and it's, you know, and it's something, it's a, a choice rather than an addiction, I think it's a beautiful thing. But what I'm saying is, I, I think I'm on, on both planes. I can make it work for me, but I do think there's an addiction there, and I'm, I'm, I'm not happy about it. I'm not the first time, yeah. The Pardon? I'm do, the do, you, do you think you've got... I'm the same. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah, I'm the first time, I'm, I'm the same. Yeah, it definitely could be cut down a bit, yeah. I feel like we should hug. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we've had a moment. <laughs> My name's CK, and I-
<laughs> my god yeah yeah but yeah this this is what this is like for me that like for me 61 hugs or anything or the, the, the be different say yes asking someone to buy lunch in london for uh, it's like medicine for me it's literally medicine it's like yeah. my way of actually just reconnecting with the basics yeah. if that makes any sense if yeah. it happens to be engaging for an audience i'm the happiest kid in the world but really i'm making it as medicine for myself yeah yeah i think that's what i think that sums it up perfectly yeah i think that's the, the best most passionate projects are that and should be that um, so where so where can people see the film then? Uh, well, I'm hoping by the time this comes out, 61hugs.com will exist. Because I, yeah. <laughs> I got the, I, I kind of had to like just put a load of stuff. I had to, I've got I want it. I want that to be a thing where people can kind of share their stories. And um, there's a couple of people. There's one person in Australia and one person in the US that I've given this challenge to go and do it. That'll be on the website. But Brilliant. for the yeah, but for now, like it's at sixty one hugs everywhere. So at sixty one hugs on Twitter at sixty one hugs. And how about your YouTube content? Pardon? How about your YouTube channel? Yeah, I mean CK Golding, CK and Golding G O L D double I N G everywhere as well. But. Superb. Well, I implore everyone to go and watch the videos because they're fantastic. <laughs> Thanks for millions. It's been a joy. They're great. And uh, as a listener to the show, you'll probably be aware of the last question that I asked people of Shark in the Tank, and I asked them for a positive and a negative, very loosely based within creativity within what they do. So it's a wide open question. But let's let's go with the uh, the con- the video content creating uh, a positive and a negative thing I mean I'm not now like we were talking about aging I'm not like I'm not hugely if someone creates an app that downloads my footage and just puts it straight onto YouTube without me having to sit and edit it and without risking in the world I'm getting less I'm getting less excited about that element of things yeah. like, like you know what like for example straight after 61 hugs there's like a bit that doesn't feature in the film and i'm just like did that just talking to my camera i'll probably release that one day i'm just like I, I was just a bit speechless um so like i wanted to just get i wanted to share that with the world but i had to go and sit on it and edit it Ugh, like i've never been excited. Yeah. even I think, for, that, I think that's a valid downside I think yeah I yeah it's really not for me that. i even feel I've, i even feel that way about stuff it's the same with me to degree with this i absolutely love this part of the conversation is a pure joy. <laughs> i come out of everyone thinking well how, how blessed to be doing this then when i come to sit down and have to record my monologue it's like oh for god's sake something i can't get out of the way quick enough yeah yeah so 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 the nuts and bolts of putting the stuff together i'm more excited about the, the concept and the execute the concept and, and and the sharing the putting together or whatever and then the positive and the light would definitely be what i just mentioned like the medicine it's like medicine for me yeah and if somebody else sees it as medicine as wow like I, you know i like when people come to me say i watched that and I, was, and I was thinking what would i do that's one of my favorite things for someone to say like i watched that and i was thinking what would i have done in that situation like when you can actually get into that bit of a human that's making them put themselves in that position that's like quite a quite a thing mm. brilliant well that's uh Wonderful, as I expected. So thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me on, big man. An absolute pleasure. Definitely need to sort that hug out. (laughs) Thank you so much to CK Golding for taking the time to chat over thinking and his awesome new movie, 61 Hugs. Go and have a look. This is the website that's going to be up soon, 61hugs.com. And also go and have a look at his YouTube channel where you can see his other fascinating content. Go and have a look at the, uh, the movie... The piece about strangers and the one where he, we, we hit up on it in the interview, but the one where he talks to the drunk guy who's singing Frank Sinatra in a library. <laughs> it's hilarious and it's it really does give a little window into CK's uh, warmth and his energy and he's a great guy. So go and have a look at all of his work and thanks CK again for taking the time to approach me and, and to come into Manchester and do the show. It was, it was a real, real joy. 
so as I said before, let us know what you've been up to. Let us know suggestions for shows. Um, share the word, please. Go and drop us a little review on the iTunes if you get a second. It helps get word around. I love doing the show. I want to spread the word. I want to get the listeners. I want to get people's creative stories out there more and more and hopefully inspire a few people. Oh, I, I love hearing people's journeys. I'm going to be heading down to the Manchester Design Festival conference day coming up in October. So anybody who's in town, hopefully see you there. Do get along. It's, it's going to be a great show. There's some wonderful names on. Hoping to grab a few of them for the show while they're in town. So that would be good. Also, let me know if there's anyone there that you'd like to hear from on Arrest All The Mix. Feedback, please, on the social at Arrest All The Mix. Um, thank you again to the sponsors, illustrationweb.com, heartinternet.co.uk, and the AOI.com. Go and see what all of those guys are up to because they're doing great work and very kindly supporting the show, which keeps it free every other week. Cheers for listening, guys. Thank you so much for your time as ever. It's been a joy. I hope you're good. I hope you're up to something exciting when you listen to this show and beyond. Enjoy it. Keep in touch. Catch you all very soon. See you later. Thank you.